Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Madeline. So happy to have you guys here. And if you're new to the podcast, this podcast is all about finding your freedom from society's beliefs, from your family's beliefs, and yeah, your past stories and past traumas and really connecting to that inner child, that core self that you always have been and living life through that lens and showing up as your authentic self and creating a life from that. So that's what we talk about here. That's what we do. I share, you know, my own stories, my own lessons, and then, you know, some of the lessons, stories, research, evidence-based neuroscience from people I look up to and admire and yeah, I think they have something that can help all of us to say. So thank you guys for being here. I'm really excited about this episode and yeah, just really excited to talk about this because it's been, I don't know, something I've been thinking about a lot and I think there will be um, blog posts and some other (laughs) things written about this topic. So I think it's all really relevant right now. It's relevant in my life, learning about conflict and relationships and getting, you know, better at that. But I think a lot of us are in new relationships, just new levels of our life right now. So I think it'll be super beneficial. Um, And yeah, I've always been super interested in stress and trauma and how that infects, affects the individual. And then you, you know, make that to people and how how does that affect a system of two people and how do their past experiences and stressors and activations interact? And then, you know, you can even take it out larger with how does that show up in a family or how does that show up in a culture and a society? And I think all of that is extremely interesting. So today we're going to mainly just talk about a conflict between two people and I'm going to share Um, you know, tips from psychology and tell you a little bit about what your body is doing neuroscience-wise when you're kind of in the middle of that activated state. So I'm really, really excited to do that. But first, just going to give, I guess, some life updates and yeah, um, some business updates. So as far as life updates, still on the Outer Banks with some plans to travel soon, which I'm really excited about and hopefully some longer term travels and living in some different places. So excited about that, but also enjoying (laughs) kind of slowing down and the slower pace and yeah, this new kind of life that I'm having here that I haven't experienced on the Outer Banks before. Um, As far as business updates, Um, you can book a tarot reading in the show notes, a tarot or oracle card reading with any question. That's going to be 30 minutes. And as well, you can book a free, I'm going to say it again, free (laughs) intro coaching call with me. And that can also be booked in the show notes. And that call will just kind of see, are we a good fit? What would you like to talk about? What could I potentially help you with? So super excited about that. And yeah, I think those are my business updates, except a a lot will be changing soon in the social media world, emails, writing, a bunch of different things. And I'm really excited for those updates. So stay tuned for all of that. 
Um, but yeah, I think pretty much ready to get into today's topic and kind of break down, you know, when we're having a conflict, when we are feeling activated or our partner is feeling activated. Um, I'm saying partner, but this could really be, you know, a family member, a friend, you know, how can we help to regulate our nervous systems, give that other person in this interaction time to regulate theirs and come back to topics when we're feeling more calm, cool, and collected. And also, you know, talk about why in the middle of a trigger, that's probably not the best time to talk about things because of certain brain areas that are activated versus not activated. So yeah, first I just wanted to kind of like set the stage for a contact, for a conflict and like what is happening, what's happening in our body, what's happening in our brain, and kind of just like tune into, you know, what's going on on a biological level. So say you're in a situation and trying to think of a good situation as far as a partner thing, I guess. It could even be something as small as like living together and like (laughs) your partner leaves their socks on the ground or you haven't done the dishes in a while or, um, you know, something more major like um, seeing a partner's ex or finding them texting someone or whatever this uh, conflict could be. So yeah, kind of from that place, (laughs) you're having this experience that is a conflict either with your partner, you know, a family member, whoever it may be. And when that's happening, it's going to be a similar thing to, similar and exact to the stress response. So your body, your body, (laughs) your body, your body is going to be undergoing the stress response. So that's going to be our flight or fight system and our HPA access and our nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response is going to get triggered. And when that's triggered, a bunch of hormones and neurotransmitters are going to be released. So it's going to be, you know, epinephrine, norepinephrine being released in the body, mobilizing the body for an attack. Uh, taking (laughs) blood to our muscles, taking, you know, energy away from our digestive system, mobilizing our body for a fight, not a, not a intellectual uh, communication, but a very uh, survival strategy, ready to fight or run away or flee. And as well as the fight or flight nervous system, our HPA access is also going to be going at a little slower rate. And that is going to be our hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. So the hypothalamus and pituitary are in the brain and it's kind of a cascade effect of one hormone in the hypothalamus releasing a hormone in the pituitary and then that releasing things eventually in the adrenal glands and that's when cortisol is released and that is kind of known as a stress hormone. So we have adrenaline, we have epinephrine, norepinephrine, you know, as they're called as well. And then we have cortisol coursing through our body. Um, So we're mobilized to fight, flee, freeze, um, really survive in a situation that our body adaptively has felt like is life-threatening, which is not life-threatening anymore in the current situation. So your body 
is having this experience, whether whatever it may be going on with partner, family member, whoever you are having the discussion or the conflict with. Um, and it could be you being activated, your partner not, one person being activated first, then you're activated. Usually it's going to be probably both people being activated and it could be because of a number of things. I think with family members and in intimate relationships, they can be so triggering because it's related to, you know, our core wounds or our core stories that kind of circulate in our mind of like, you know, being unlovable or people not choosing you or people wanting to abandon you. So it's a really um, intense survival related response that we're feeling of these really, really core wounds kind of related to attachment. So yeah, when we have, you know, the cortisol and epinephrine, all of this in our body, we're also having in our body, our amygdala is kind of hyperactive and our amygdala is in charge and also connected to the hypothalamus that's involved in the HPA axis. It's hyperactive because the amygdala is involved in the stress response. It's it's involved in fear and anxiety. So the fear and anxiety of your brain <laughs> is coursing in your brain and then hormones and neurotransmitters are moving throughout your body. And when this is happening as well, our prefrontal cortex, which is our reasoning, <laughs> rational thinking brain is, is kind of offline. And part of moving through this experience gracefully and coming back to center, part of it is a body experience. And then part of it is, you know, what would be called emotion regulation, getting your prefrontal cortex back online and kind of regulating that amygdala response. And then the So that's going to be kind of your brain using emotion regulation to regulate what's going on in the brain. And then the body-based kind of techniques are going to be regulating what is going on in the body due to the mobilized resources from the stress response. So yeah, some of the things, like I said, that can happen can be fight, flight, freeze, and kind of a new one I guess people are talking about is fawn. So I'll kind of go through those for you guys. So fight is, I would say in this context, being kind of like aggressive or combative with your partner, whoever is in the situation. I'm probably just going to keep calling it partner (laughs) for the sake of this. So yeah, being combative, potentially being mean, potentially saying uh, character assassinating things, being angry and aggressive. Flight is going to be kind of what is called what is called stonewalling. So flight is just like as soon as there's conflict needing to self-isolate, which also can be done in a healthy way and can be a good coping strategy, but sometimes it can be just, (laughs) you know, literally running away from your partner, refusing to talk to them, and that can create a lot of issues. So that can be, you know, when something is too much, you really have like a, a need to be alone to run away. Um, And I think sometimes I relate to that one a little bit. And then I think I relate to all of these except fight, (laughs) to be honest. And then with freeze, um, I think this is a response that comes up a lot, interestingly, and I would love to see studies or have some done because I don't think they've been done before about maybe why in sexual trauma this response is seen so much. Maybe because, you know, usually it's 
a lot of the times um a person that is a lot more powerful inflicting that on the person that's a lot weaker so freezing biologically seems the most quote safe but freezing is where when you just kind of like shut down dissociate don't move so it's kind of a just complete dissociation response and it's different from flight because you're not trying to run away or leave you're just you could be sitting right there with someone but you're not there and then fawn is what i would think of as like a people pleasing response so um your partner did something that hurt your feelings but then they get upset that they did something that hurt your feelings and then you negate your feelings and are trying to comfort them and like say your feelings don't matter so basically a people pleasing if you do something wrong over apologizing like not letting it go feeling so bad trying to like i guess kind of like a clingy a <laughs> clingy feeling response and these are all kind of when we're activated ways to try to make ourselves feel in control or feel better in the situation and yeah i think it's just going to depend on what your emotional triggers are what your core stories are what what activates you in that experience and i would say too you know sit with yourself while you're listening to this and ask like when i'm flooded when i'm in a conflict situation which of these responses am i turning to and also ask yourself like can i be you know can i be loving in myself but also accountable like be loving towards myself on whatever my response is even if maybe i've said a hurtful thing to someone else of course (laughs) apologize um or i've self-abandoned in that with the fawn kind of response or you have dissociated and it makes you think of a painful memory like whatever it may be it's about awareness and accountability and working towards um changing responses not about shame i think that's really really important so those could be kind of some of your responses that happen when you're feeling flooded and yeah then i'm going to kind of talk about like what can you do (laughs) when you're feeling that versus just go like going automatically into those responses and I, i think that also goes back to um there's like event reaction. I'm not it's, I don't think it's event reaction, but it's stimulus response. Stimulus response. So the pause between stimulus and response is where you get to be mindful and control your response and not respond by this like amygdala activated fear and respond more from a wise mind perspective and not you know, not based on pain and trauma and triggers so yeah that is really important to remember just that you kind of have this power to control how you respond so yeah i'm gonna talk first about in the brain (laughs) some things that could be helpful actually i'm gonna talk about the body first because i think sometimes the body working on the physical reactions you feel can give you more insight into what's actually going on within you so as for as far as kind of um calming yourself down i would say is you know taking space from the person that's in the conflict respectfully and responsibly and that could be 
hey, I'm just feeling really flooded right now. And like, I want to talk about this and I want to hear you out. But like, I just, I don't want to say something I regret or not respond in like the best way to hear you out. And I'm just not at capacity right now. And I just need an hour or so of alone time to just kind of get back to center. Is that okay? So yeah, something along those lines that gives you time and space to regulate on your own. And then kind of what once you're on your own a really popular thing that people talk about is breath work and it can really be as simple as you know you breathe in through your nose you can go out through your nose or out through your mouth but breathing in through your nose holding it and then breathing out for more seconds than you breathed in and just doing that for maybe even two minutes a minute and you're going to notice a difference and being able to breathe deeper again, and feeling more calm, and not feeling as anxious, and as (laughs) activated. So that's one technique. I think as well, getting out into nature can be really helpful, changing your state, going outside. Um, There's been, you know, some talk of coping strategies related to vision, not just staring at fine-tuned details, but looking at landscapes, nature sunsets and how that can be calming to our nervous system um but as far as the breathing looking (laughs) looking at landscapes being in nature it's about you know really changing our body's state so that can be shaking our body and animals do this in the wild when they encounter like a really extreme stress so shaking your body and kind of like moving the stress out of your body dancing can kind of be a form of shaking as well Um, and then, yeah, like a hot shower or a really cold shower can be good to kind of like (laughs) shock our body, um, you know, wash those emotions away, kind of like get a fresh slate, give yourself some alone time to process, um, or, you know, time in nature. And then once you have felt your body, you know, those hormones and everything start to tamp down and start feeling a little bit more in the other side of rest and digest, the calm side of your nervous system that we want to be in the majority of the time, then we can start doing some of the emotion regulation tactics. The pause is kind of in the body stuff and not, you know, verbally or, you know, physically reacting, pausing with the body, starting to regulate yourself. And then you can kind of be a detective in your own mind with emotion regulation where, you can use your prefrontal cortex and your reasoning to tamp down on the amygdala and to get curious on what's going on. Um, and even before you, you know, start the breathing techniques in your body and your brain, you can ask yourself, what am I feeling? Do I feel tightness in my chest? Do I feel hot? Do I feel cold? Do I feel out of breath? Do I feel pain in my arms, pain in my neck? Like where does this sensation live? And then calm your body down, return back to your brain. And that's where you can kind of, I would say reason (laughs) with your fear brain is how I describe it, where you can understand what am I feeling right now? What upset me in this situation? How can I, um, you know, get the nugget of wisdom from this to have a better conversation with my partner later on? when I'm not feeling so regulated to talk about my experience and what happened to me and how to maybe in the future avoid triggers or to get an apology if that's needed for something that happened that wasn't okay. 
So you can use your mind to kind of tamp down on the fear response and just understand why was this triggering for me? Where did it come from? Is this connected to a core story within me? What coping strategy did I want to turn to? Um, You know, even beyond fight, flight, or freeze. Like, did I want to go drink alcohol? Did I want to numb out with TV? Like, learning more about yourself through those coping strategies as well as, you know, what fight, flight, flee, or fawn response did you have? And yeah, just knowing more about your triggers and why a certain situation was so painful or triggering for you. So once you've kind of taken that time, maybe an hour, (laughs) two hours, 30 minutes away from your partner to kind of play detective on your own triggers and your own thoughts, that's when you can plan a time to kind of come back together with your partner, maybe not that night after you've moved through a lot of emotional things, but maybe more time or whoever it is, a friend or anyone, you can plan a time to come back and talk about the trigger or the situation later. And yeah, just talk about how how you felt, but talk about it when your nervous system is regulated versus when you're in like fear mode and reacting from instinct and pain and fear and really have a productive conversation about avoiding those triggers in the future and you know also make a plan of action to avoid them coming up in the future letting your partner feel you and understand how that conversation kind of made you feel and I wanted to um I guess give a plug to the Gottman Institute um, because I think they're amazing and I think they're a really good resource for relationships and partnerships and kind of repair after conflicts and just in general how to be a better partner Um, and they have a lot of like really amazing articles about navigating conflict and I think most of the one of the most important things about having this conversation later as well as is that you are prepared to not go into the conversation to prove someone's right you're there to hear the other person to validate the other person to validate yourself and I want to say as like a caveat (laughs) to all of this this is in hopefully the relationships you have in your life where a person is accountable, a person will apologize if they do something wrong, and this is not a person that um, is mean or abusive, who does not apologize, who, you know, who will not acknowledge they've done anything wrong. This is not a person that will gaslight you. This is not a person that will get angry at you for telling them that they did something that hurt you. It's a person with empathy. And I want to say if you have family members or if you're dating someone or if you have friends in your life that do react in this way, trying to have healthy conflict in this way, it's probably not going to work and you need to set major boundaries with those types of people in your life because it's very hard to have deep (laughs) loving relationships without some level of conflict. So yes, all of this applies to relationships where you are able to have healthy conflict and I think the key to that as well is that when you are triggered to not 
be mean to be accusatory to assume things based on what your fear response and your fear brain are saying and take the space process and come back to your partner when you're ready to not be defensive when you're ready to not prove try to prove that you're right that you're just ready to be a good friend human (laughs) someone to listen um and to really understand your role and really hear your partner and come from a regulated place and yeah just to reference the Gottman Institute like I did some kind of steps about talking about this and I, I think I follow a lot of these is when you have that talk you express how you felt during the event you use I statements like when you did blank I felt blank not like you make me feel crazy or you do this like I statements Um, you share what your reality is using I statements and you validate your partner if you did something as well that upset them Um, you talk about your triggers you talk about where this came from you talk about what part of that situation was tough or triggering so you can make an action plan to help move through those and avoid them if your partner is doing something kind of unknowingly that is really hard or triggering for you Um, and you take ownership you know as an adult as a good person who knows how to handle conflict you take ownership for your role and apologize and preventative planning that's where you you know address how this happened how can we keep this from happening again maybe it comes to the point where your partner um needs more alone time or his job has been stressing him out or whatever it is and there's some actual planning that doesn't involve you but as a couple problem solving together or as two people in a relationship with each other a friendship um or a family relationship And, you know, it says in here and emphasizes conflict as an opportunity for intimacy. And it is because, you know, we share about our triggers, we share about our past, we share about the things that hurt us, and we learn that we can move through those with someone and both apologize and understand the other person deeper and love each other better and more through that experience think the experience of healthy conflict is really really beautiful and yeah I wanted to say as well (laughs) something I feel like I saw it on a reel or something like that and me and my partner have done it and I think it's really awesome is and something just to emphasize in general you don't have to do this exact thing but is to be in a distraction free place making eye contact with your partner you know kind of either holding hands with your partner or you can sit kind of like cross I would say like cross-legged kind of one person like sitting kind of like on top of them cross-legged and holding hands just to build connection and safety while talking through things that are tough or triggering or scary so you don't feel triggered again and you feel safe too so (laughs) I think those are pretty much all my tips there and Yeah, I'm sure there's always much more to talk about with this topic, but please let me know if this was helpful. And yeah, I really liked recording this episode and I hope you guys get a lot out of it. Um, Yeah, and thanks for listening. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't yet and appreciate you guys so much and really excited for some new amazing guest episodes coming soon. All right, all the love. Bye.